chapter 14. Uh, we're going to talk tonight about the battle is the Lord's. And this is not going to talk about David and Goliath tonight, but going to talk about someone else and a battle that took place. And we're going to see that in Exodus chapter 14. A lot more of the stuff that was going on uh, about our battle tonight was fought behind the scenes. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that tonight. But I want to ask you a question, and this is where I'm going to get your help uh, tonight in just a minute, kids. I'm going to need several of you guys to help me. But I want to ask us all a question tonight. When bad things happen in our life and things happen that we cannot control, we're given a choice. We can either choose to rely on ourselves. We can either choose to rely on our own strength and our own ability, or we can choose to trust in the Lord. And we're going to see that story unfold tonight in Exodus chapter 14. We're going to talk about Moses standing at the edge of the Red Sea, and the people had a choice. They had a choice to make whether or not they were going to trust the Lord or rely on themselves. And when they relied on themselves, they found out really quickly that they were not qualified to meet the need that they had in their life. They were not qualified because they were trusting in themselves. They weren't qualified to meet that need. So Exodus chapter 14, let's look at just a couple verses, and then we'll pray, and I'm going to need y'all's help. Okay, Exodus chapter 14, in verse number 10, the Bible says, And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them, and they were sore afraid. And the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord, and they said unto Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, that thou hast taken us away to die in the wilderness. Wherefore hast thou dealt thus with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, Let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than we should die in the wilderness. It would be better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. Now, I want to start right there, and I want to... Get a couple of people to help me. And I've already asked one person if they will help me. Uh, I'm going to ask Mason. I'm going to ask you. Mason, come up here and stand up just for a second. And uh, I get this right here. And uh, you come up here. And Mason gets to be Moses. All right? So stand right here, Mason. All right? Who are you supposed to be? Moses. Who? Moses. Moses. Okay, just making sure. All right. So who is he? Who is this? Moses. No, this is Mason. Okay? All right. So, but who is Mason supposed to be representing? Moses. All right, so who is this? Mason. This is Mason. Mason, all right. Uh, who is he supposed to be representing? Moses. Moses. All right, so in Moses, we've got Moses, who's one of the people in the story, but we also have Pharaoh. We have Pharaoh, and Pharaoh is the bad guy, okay? And we are going to let Will be the bad guy, okay? And he is volunteering. Pick me, pick me. All right, so come up here, Will. All right, so you get to be the bad guy, and the bad guy has a crown, all right? All right, so stand right there. All right, now, we also have uh, two other groups that are mentioned in the story. We have the people, the people, and that's going to be the, uh, let's just make this a little simpler. Uh, that's going to be the people, and that's going to be all the adults, okay? So if you're over the age of, uh, yeah, yeah, that's right, uh, over the age of 13, you're the people, okay? And everybody's going to get a role in a job in just a second. Then there was the soldiers, the soldiers. And we'll let all the rest of the kids be the soldiers, okay? Sound good? So adults, what part are you playing in the story? The people, all right? Kids, what part are you playing in the story? The soldiers, all right? And who is this? 
This is Mason, all right? Uh, and, but what part is Mason playing? Moses, all right? And what part is Will playing? Pharaoh. All right, now here's, here's your part, Mason. Okay, ready? You got to do it really loud so everybody hears you, all right? When I say Moses and I look at you and say, Moses, I want you to hold up your staff like this and say, we will trust the Lord. Okay, so let's practice. Ready? Go. And Moses... Perfect. Awesome. All right, give my hand. That's good. Perfect. Do it like that every single time. All right. Will, this is your part. Pharaoh, he's the bad guy. So here's Pharaoh's part. Every time we talk about Pharaoh and I look at you and say, and Pharaoh, you're going to give your best evil laugh. All right. One of those like, yeah, see, he's already doing it. All right. All right. So let's practice. All right, Mason, we're going to start with you. And Moses, we will trust the Lord. We will Good job, all right? And Pharaoh, there it is, all right? All right, and all of our adults, all right, all the people, the people, we're so afraid. That's your job, adults, okay? All right, so ready? And the people, there it is, all right, okay? So the people were afraid of Pharaoh, But Pharaoh was not afraid of Moses. We will trust the Lord. There you go. All right. Good job. Okay. All right. So there's one part left. Soldiers. Soldiers. All right. You guys, you ready for this? The soldiers were after the people. All right. Hard adults. Come on now. Don't go to sleep on me. All right. The soldiers, they said, we're coming to get you. All right, so you turn around and look at the people. And, yeah. All right, the soldiers. There you go. All right, but let's do it a little bit louder and more convincing, okay? All right, we're coming to get you. All right, you can shake your finger at them too. All right, here we go. Ready? The soldiers. All right. Told the people. To be afraid of Pharaoh, but Pharaoh was not afraid of Moses. Good job. All right. We got everybody. All right. Everybody's represented. Now, here's what I want to share with you tonight. Now, don't don't say anything. Uh, In our lives today, when we face hardships and battles, the faces will change. The circumstances will change. Uh, The end result, to a certain extent, will change. But at the end of the day, we have the same God over us who is over all of the people in our story. The same God has not changed. He's still just as evident. You guys doing okay? All right, so let me give you three points. When you write these down, they'll be on the screen. All right, when it comes to us facing hardships and things that happen that we don't understand and we can't fix in our own We have to remember three things about the Lord. Number one, number one, he, talking about God, will fight our anxieties. He will fight our anxieties. If you need to know how it's spelled, it's on the on the screen, okay? He will fight our anxieties. And guys, just leave that, uh, leave the main points up for a little bit, if you will. In verse 13, the Bible tells us that Moses. We shall trust the Lord. Yes! All right. Moses stands up before the people and says, don't be afraid. 
We're going to stand still and we're going to see the salvation of the Lord. That's what he tells the people. But all the people, while they were afraid, they were also complaining. They, were, they saw everything that was happening. They saw the soldiers. Thank you, AJ. All right. <laughs> they saw the soldiers. There you go. Having all the girls up here saying, we're going to get... It's just not very menacing. Uh, but the people were afraid of the soldiers. Why? Why were, why were they afraid of the soldiers? If you remember the story and the backstory, they'd been in bondage for 400 years. They had lived this way for 400 years. They didn't know anybody that was not living in slavery. They didn't know anyone who was outside of slavery. Everyone they knew, every family member they'd ever had was in slavery. Every, that was all they knew. And they had learned to be afraid of the enemy. And here's us, church. We know about our enemy tonight, don't we? In 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse number 7, it tells us about our enemy. Excuse me, verse number 8. It says, our adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. We know about our enemy, but nowhere in the Bible are we told to be afraid of our enemy. Nowhere in the Bible are we told to be afraid of Satan. Nowhere. But we are told that we're to trust the Lord. So when Moses... When Moses gets up and says, we're going to trust the Lord, he was speaking the truth. He was saying everything that they should hear, but they had been trained and conditioned to be afraid of the enemy. And that is exactly where we are in 2023. We have been conditioned that there's more of them than there is of us. We have been conditioned that our enemy is greater than us because that's all we see in the news. It's always bad and bad and bad. And we learn to be afraid of Pharaoh. But just like when Will laughs as our enemy tonight, as Pharaoh, we're not very afraid of Pharaoh tonight in the story. But in our life today, who is your Pharaoh? That the moment he steps on the scene, fear is struck in your heart. That might be a hospital visit. That might mean a doctor's appointment. That might mean a bill that comes in the mail and you see the name on the letterhead and immediately there's fear in your heart. That might mean somebody that you see in the grocery store. That might mean a family member. But all of us have a Pharaoh in our life. All of us. And if we're not careful, we'll allow the fear of Pharaoh to overwhelm our heart. And we'll forget all about what Moses says. See, God has already promised that he'll fight our anxieties. Be careful for nothing, Philippians tells us. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. See, he has already promised to fight our anxiety. As someone said, fear that does not take you to God will take you away from God. Our fear should drive us. When we have that moment where we're afraid and we see the enemy coming, that fear should run us to God and our source of strength, our source of hope, and cry out to him. So he will, number one, fight our anxiety. But number two, we see that he will face our, adversary, our, our, our adversities. 
he will face our adversities. Moses steps up and tells them what? There it is, all right? But what then? Would Pharaoh and his army and his soldiers? We're going to get you. All right, there we go. All right. Would, would the people, would the soldiers be intimidated by the people? No. Would the soldiers be intimidated by Moses? We shall trust the Lord. Would they be intimidated? No. They were still coming. They were still, all of the soldiers were still saying, It's not a perfect plan, sorry. All right? All right? What did the soldiers say? We're going to get you. All right? So, no matter what happened, God was still behind the scenes working. You think about all of the people that were involved in this. You think about all of the, the children of Israel, they weren't soldiers. They weren't trained to be warriors. There was no boot camp. None of that. They were slaves. They were nobodies. They didn't know how to do anything, yet follow instruction. But remember, all they had, all they had was God. And that was enough. All they had was God. And that was enough. Psalm 34 verse 17 says, The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth, and delivereth them out of all their troubles. Psalm 56, 3, What time I'm afraid, I will trust in thee. Are we supposed to trust in us? Or are we supposed to trust in the Lord? The Lord. Are we supposed to trust in when we're afraid? Are we supposed to trust in our friends or the Lord? The Lord. Are we supposed, in, when we're afraid, are we supposed to trust in the pastor or the Lord? The Lord. That doesn't mean that you can't have people that you love and you talk to and support you and you know that you're your friends. But when Pharaoh <laughs> comes laughing at us and all of the soldiers make us feel afraid, there should be something in us like Moses that says, We shall trust the Lord. See, when we look at our life, Sinclair Ferguson said, As in all warfare... The two essential elements of victory are knowing your enemy and knowing your resources. Knowing your enemy and knowing your resources. We know who our enemy is, but we also know who our resources are. We know who our Heavenly Father is. We know that He's going to fight our adversities. We know that He is going to face our anxieties. He is going to push all those things down. We don't have anything to be afraid of. Whether it's soldiers or other people or Pharaoh, we don't have anything in our life to be afraid of because the Lord is on our side. Remember what David said to Goliath in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 47, And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. So here's a quick recap before the last point. We have Moses who says, We shall trust the Lord. He's getting even more confident. We have Pharaoh. (laughs) We have all, are y'all ready? We have all of the soldiers. All right. Who are screaming at all the people. There it is. And see, God wants to fight our battles, but he'll only do it his way. He's not going to send us to fight a battle that doesn't have our name on it. Just think about that. God is not going to send us to fight a battle that doesn't have our name on it. The battle is his, not ours. 
It's his battle. So we look lastly tonight, not only will he face our adversities, not only will he fight our anxieties, number three, and lastly, he will form your advantage. He will form your advantage. Now I want you guys to come right here and just sit right there. Sorry. All right. You go right there. Oh, don't. You're going to need that, Mason. I'm going to need you guys in just a minute. Okay? Here's what we're going to do. Why doesn't the Lord want us to, fight, to live in fear? Why doesn't the Lord want us to? Why does the Lord want or why doesn't the Lord want us to be afraid? Why? Because he knows if he fights and he wins, we don't get the glory. When he fights and he wins, because he always does. Did you hear that? He always wins. Let me say it again. He always wins. He doesn't fight a battle that he loses. He always wins. And when he fights a battle and he wins, when he wins, he is the only one that gets the glory. He receives the glory. Now, why does God fight our battles? So that he shows himself more powerful than our problems, than our burdens, than our heartaches, than our sorrows, than our struggles, than anything else we face in this life. He fights those battles to prove himself stronger than anything we can face. That's why he fights. Just ask the children of Israel after the Red Sea fell on the Egyptians. Look at verse number 30. And 31 of that same chapter, thus the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians dead upon the seashore. And Israel saw that great work with the Lord did upon the Egyptians. And the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord. They saw his handiwork. And it caused them to believe. Let me ask you a question. Adults. What has the Lord shown you in your life to prove that he is more powerful than anything you face? What has the Lord showed you? What has he given to you? See, everything that you have, every gift, James chapter 1, every good and perfect gift is from above. Everything he has given to you is yours. Now, I understand the principle of stewardship, that it belongs to him. AJ, you need to sit down. AJ, you need to sit down. Thank you. But when we talk about stewardship, everything that we have is His, but it's on loan to us. It's ours to steward, even though it's His. So it's not a thing of we, it's our stuff. It's His. But what has God given to us that is ours to safeguard? See, God gave you a spouse. If you're married, God gave you a spouse, but He gave you your spouse. He gave you your kids. He gave you your job. What has he blessed you with that he hasn't blessed someone else with? He gave you your house, your car, your finances, your health. He's given all of those things to us and he's entrusted them to us. But the things that he has given to us, he's given to us as a sign of how good he is to us. We ought to be able to look at the things that he has given to us and no one else. He didn't give somebody else your kids. He gave them to you. We ought to be able to look at the things that God has given to us and say, God, you are a good God. And I know that I can trust you because of what you have 
entrusted to me. I know that I can look. And see, God wanted them to trust him without seeing the end result. But he showed them the end result anyway. In our lives today, what does God want us to do? He wants us to trust him without seeing the end result. He wants us to walk up to the shore of the Red Sea with Pharaoh's army right behind us and say, you know what, it seems dark, it seems hopeless, but I can still trust my God. No matter what it looks like, there is still a God in heaven who is over it all. No matter what we may face, there is still a God in control. So the ultimate question tonight is this. Does the Lord have to keep showing you time and time again that you can trust Him? Or do you just believe Him because that's the right thing to do? Does He have to show you? Has He shown you enough or do you have to see even more? See, the fact that He sent us a Savior should be enough that we could trust Him. The fact that he showed us, proved, Romans 5, 8, but God commendeth his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That should be enough to show how much he loves us. But the fact that he has blessed us should show us that we can trust him no matter what we face. Over and over. We've all been in situations where God has blessed and the very next thing that happens We're afraid immediately. God blesses. Woohoo! Thank you, Lord, for answering my prayer. And then two days later, oh man, what's God gonna do? I have not. And we're right back in this cycle of we don't know what's gonna happen next. And God has already proven to us time and time again that He can be trusted. But He can can He be trusted with the next thing? Can He be trusted with the next event? Because He's already been faithful in the past. And hey, spoiler alert, he's going to be faithful in the future. No matter what we face. Why? How do we know that God is going to be faithful, Pastor? Because that's who he is. 1 Corinthians tells us that God is faithful. Uh, Yeah, great music right there. God is faithful. That's who he is and that's what he does. He proves time and time again that he's faithful because that's who he is. So, last time, ready? When we're afraid like the people, and we turn around at the shore of the Red Sea and we see the soldiers, and we even hear Pharaoh, we can be reminded of what Moses told the people. Is that your testimony tonight? No matter what we face, no matter what the enemy looks like behind us or the Red Sea looks like in front of us, situation might be bleak. Hey, that doctor's appointment doesn't look good. That diagnosis is concerning. That meeting with the manager doesn't sound like fun. But there's a God in heaven who's over us. No matter what happens, no matter what we might be facing, we shall Trust the Lord. Father, thank you so much for your word. And thank you for showing us time and time and time again that we can trust you because you are faithful. That's who you are. That's what you do. You show again and again that you can be trusted. 
Lord, thank you so much for your goodness. Lord, thank you for allowing us to see your handiwork over and over in our lives. Please help us to trust you in times where we don't know what's next. Help us to look at the past and be reminded that you were faithful then and you'll be faithful now. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to go into our prayer time at this time.